A few months ago, we surveyed several women about their post-pandemic friendship fears, and the responses to that survey ranged from everything from Uh, being nervous that we don't have the same energy or capacity that we once did. Um, The fears were about how do I reconnect with an old friend? I'm scared that I'm rusty on my social skills. But most of those responses centered around social anxiety. And so even though we've already covered the subject of social anxiety and looked at it to see how it impacts our friendships overall, today we're talking about social anxiety as it relates to getting back out there, quote, unquote, post-pandemic. And so I know the perfect person to bring on for this conversation. It's Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, who is a clinical psychologist, and she specializes in helping people manage their anxiety. So today she's going to provide four tips for getting back out there, whether it's adjusting some mindset things, and then also some practical, tactical things that you can do to gradually, one, make new friends as you get back out there into the world, and two, connect with old friends in a way that feels comfortable, authentic, and equips you to feel totally confident. So I want you to tune into this conversation. And before we even get going, I want you to send this link to a friend who you know is also a little socially anxious when it comes to entering a post-pandemic world. So I'm going to jump right in with this interview because I think you're going to love it. This is Friend Forward, the podcast. And if you're having girl problems, we got you. I'm Danielle Byer Jackson, a certified friendship coach, and I am here to help you through it. All right, ladies, so here's how the interview is organized. I begin by asking Dr. Hendrickson to give us a working definition of what social anxiety is, especially since so many of us are using that phrase uh, synonymously with introversion and the two are not the same. And then we gradually move into some mindset shifts that should be done to make us feel more confident and ready to enter a post-pandemic social world. And then finally, we end with a few tangible tips as well. So I want you to listen the whole way through get what you need. And then I want you to come and tell me about your experience listening to this interview by following us on Instagram at friend forward or following my personal account at Danielle Byer Jackson. And I'm going to tell you this uh, upfront. I normally save it for the end, but I want you to know right now, if this just scratches the surface for you and you're like, man, Danielle, these tips are, they're helpful. And, and I get tips here, a little trick here, but I feel like I need a total transformation of my friendships then you have to join our new six-week membership program, which is called Friendship Elevated. In that program, it's a mix of weekly videos and personal coaching to help equip you with everything you need to master the art of adult friendship. And so if that's something you're interested in, I want you to follow up to get all the details at betterfemalefriendships.com slash membership. That's for those of us looking for a total transformation. Now let's jump right into the middle of this interview with Dr. Ellen Social anxiety is essentially the fear of being judged. And it is something we've all experienced. We've all experienced what I call lowercase s social anxiety. Um, Beyond that, 40% of us consider ourselves shy, which is just the colloquial way of saying socially anxious. So that's a lot of people. Also, beyond that, there are 
13% of us who at some point in our lifetime will meet criteria for what I call capital S social anxiety, which is social anxiety disorder. And there, that's a little more complicated. That's more of a perception that there is something wrong with us that will be revealed and will be judged or rejected for it if we don't work really hard to cover that up. So there's lots of different levels. And oftentimes social anxiety gets used interchangeably with introversion. But I like to say that rather than being you know, apples to apples, they're, um, they're, they're really more like apples and oranges. They're, they're very different things. So introversion is a personality trait and it is, has more to do with our, our tolerance for stimulation, social stimulation specifically. So introverts usually have a lower tolerance for social stimulations. Like we might do better one-on-one, -on -one. parties might be more exhausting and draining, and we might have to recharge more afterwards, uh, either in blissful solitude or with people who are close to us who we trust. Extroverts often have a higher tolerance for social stimulation and so might get more out of parties or big gatherings or uh, kind of like louder, uh, more active events. However, on both sides of the spectrum, we have to remember that we are all, for, for introverts, we're all social animals. Even the most introverted of introverts still needs love and companionship and friendship and belonging. And even the most extroverted of extroverts needs to come home and recharge and eat a bowl of cereal on the couch once in a while. No, it's good to help us kind of differentiate because I know sometimes people are claiming one thing when they should be claiming the other. And so would you say that although, you know, you outline the differences for us, would you say that perhaps both introverts and those with social anxiety found a little bit of refuge over this past year and a half of, of being homebound? What do you think about that? Oh, 100%. I've had uh, not only clients, but also colleagues and friends who, you know, have some experience with social anxiety say to me, like, conspiratorially, I love this. Like, this is so great. I don't have to go to gender reveal parties, or like, I don't have to feel guilty about bailing at the last minute on plans. So, so many people found respite in the lockdown. So you are not alone if you were like, that was amazing. At the same time, those very same people have also said to me like, oh my gosh, I did so much work on my social anxiety. I finally got to the point where I felt comfortable speaking in a meeting or uh, like revealing some more vulnerability about myself. And I'm worried I'm gonna go back to square one. I'm worried that I'm just gonna lose all my skills and babble word salad when I get into you know company with other human beings again. So so yeah, there's both. There's there's worry that that was really bad, and there's reveling and that was really great. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I thought so. I thought some people maybe thrived a little bit during this mm -hmm. time. Um, and for, you know, I'm an extrovert. So I was like, where are my people? But I know that there are so many women who, who are, are excited to get back out there, but they're torn and, and they're in their heads. So what would your first bit of advice, uh, advice be to those of us who are either being called back to work or we do miss our friends and, and we do miss hanging out with them, but we're still in our heads, I guess, about how we will be perceived, how we will, uh, perform, you know, what would be your first bit of advice about, you know, mentally and emotionally preparing to gradually get back out there? Absolutely. Um, so I guess, especially for the folks who enjoyed lockdown or, and, and, or who are worried that 
that year and a half of kind of getting rusty is going to affect them. Uh, the, the, you know, the people who did do a lot of work and are worried they're back at square one, I would say it's just like being in shape. If you've ever been in shape before, it is a lot easier to get back in shape the second time, third time, fourth time, you know, for some of us who, uh, who tend to yo-yo. But, um, but you're, just like your muscles have a memory, your social skills have a memory too. The life going forward is nothing you haven't seen before. And as you slowly get out there, and we can talk about you know, appropriate pacing or kind of how to think about this, um, your brain will recalibrate. And it won't take nearly as long to get back to where you were than it might have the first time as you were learning to speak in a meeting or you know, learning to be vulnerable or whatever skills that people were glad that they uh, had attained but now feel like they've lost. So your social skills have a memory, just like your muscles have a memory, and you'll get back there faster than you think. So ironically, I feel like something that might make some listeners anxious is hearing you say that you will get better at it, but you will have to expose yourself to it. So even though it might feel safe over here and you might feel nervous or anxious to get back out there, maybe those feelings of fear, apprehension aren't necessarily signals that you need to retreat. Mm, absolutely. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Yes. So you, anxiety is not necessarily a sign that something is wrong or a sign that something is dangerous. And so I would challenge folks to try to reinterpret those anxious feelings or those butterflies as, hey, this means I am getting back out there. This means I am doing it. I'm you know, moving forward into whatever this new normal is. And also to remember that re-entry isn't one thing. It's not a switch that we flip. There are dozens of points of re-entry and we can try to pace ourselves. So there's a saying um, that my uh, fourth graders uh, teacher uses. She says, go slow to go fast. And what she means is take your time on the basics. So for example, like if you're, if you're memorizing your multiplication tables, like take the time to really get those down and then you can move on to, you know, long division, you know, whatever the, whatever you build on that from. Same thing here, take your time at the beginning. So if you've been particularly isolated or, you know, you haven't been to the office in a year and a half, like, you know, try to take some time to like have a friend over, you know, in the backyard or to you know, go for a walk with a couple of people, like just do the baby steps first and feel comfortable with those. And then we can build on that to you know, head back to that first day at work, go to that wedding reception, you know, go to that graduation, the big, don't like, you don't have to, I always say this, but it bears repeating. You don't have to do a cannonball into the deep end. You know, you can inch your way into the pool. There's that first time back in a rideshare. There's the first time back at the grocery store without a mask, which feels illegal, by the way. I did that the other day <laughs> yes. and I felt naked. There, you know, there's the first time sharing um, an elevator with somebody. There's the first time back inside a restaurant. There's the first time back at the gym. There's all these different points of reentry. And so we can take this really long runway and our brain will recalibrate the whole time. We'll be like, oh yeah, this is all stuff I did before. Oh, I'm so glad that you talked a little bit about, about pacing because it does feel like my, my options are to stay home or to go to that gender reveal party. And, right. there, you know, we forget the middle ground. So I, I so appreciate you kind of making mention of those, um, like, I guess, non-social, social, uh, contacts where we're in the grocery store or in the elevator and, and it's small and it's, and it's, and it's quick and it's not, uh, something that requires us to mingle. 
for mm -hmm. an mm -hmm. un, you know, defined amount of time. So I appreciate that. So would you say that social anxiety tends to vary based on who we're with? So I know some of us, you know, maybe we're socially anxious about the idea of you know, going to social gatherings or um, making new friends. That's probably our number one question here in the show that I get as a friendship coach. What do I do to make new friends? I want new friends, but I'm also kind of scared to get back out there. So I feel like perhaps there's that group. I'm anxious about the unknown with new people. And then also being anxious about rekindling things with old people who we are close with and we are familiar with and we have a relationship, but being socially anxious to get back to normal with the familiar. What what insights do you have there? Oh my goodness. Like that, those are all great questions. Okay. So first, it totally makes sense that new people or new experiences would freak us all out because anxiety is driven by uncertainty. When we don't know what's going to happen, when we don't know what people are going to think of us, like we feel, you know, very kind of unstable. There's there's a lack of certainty there, and that makes us more anxious. The other thing, however, that drives social anxiety is avoidance. And so for the old friends, if we've been avoiding them as we were supposed to, you know, we were doing the right thing, um, just there, there wasn't that kind of steady stream of evidence and experience that, you know, our worst case scenarios or our feared outcomes or, you know, our anxious uh, fears don't happen. And sometimes our behavior follows our mood. If we mm. feel like doing something, we do it. But also that can be reversed. Our, we, our, we look at our behavior and that determines our mood. And so when our brains see ourselves avoiding friendships gatherings we our brains like ooh there must be something dangerous there that that must be not okay and so after a year and a half of that of course our brains are like mm, i don't know if you want to go back there that seems a little weird uh, this is fraught so what we can do then is to lead with behavior to go back to our old friends before we feel 100% ready like it, once we're past like 70% ready. I'd say go ahead and take the leap. And once we're there, it might feel, of course, a little awkward, a little artificial. It seems weird to be like, so how was your year? Or <laughs> what do we talk about now? <laughs> uh, I've forgotten how to speak to, 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 fr to like friends, even though I've known you for years. So it's, it's okay that it's going to be awkward. And in that, in those moments, to focus on connection, Mm -hmm. rather than performance. Often there is an urge to try to perform, to make sure this goes well, to come across as cool or smart or impressive or whatever. And what happens is when we try to perform, our attention actually turns inward and we monitor, how am I doing? What should I do next? What was her reaction? And that eats up all our bandwidth and makes it really hard to stay in the moment. So instead, your attention is a spotlight. So rather than turning that, a sp that spotlight inward, turn that spotlight outward on your friend. Listen to her, look at her. And in, in deeply trying to connect with her, that will actually free up your bandwidth and allow you to respond more naturally in the moment and to really focus on her and your friendship. 
Oh my gosh, that's that's so good. And you dropped so many gems in that one response. And <laughs> let me tell you what I really appreciate is you giving us the tough love truth about, you know, sometimes you have to set the behavior in motion and your mood will follow. And, you know, I, I, I'll stay in my lane here, but I do feel like I observe a lot of things that are very, you know, well, how do you feel? And if you don't feel it, don't do it. And I feel nervous and I, I feel like I'm not going to be comfortable. So I'm not going to go. And so to hear you kind of, um, um, emphasize that sometimes if you feel 70% ready, then just go out there and start flexing the muscle and then you'll be rusty no longer. It's just very reassuring to hear you say that. Absolutely. No, that I, if I could shout that from the rooftops, <laughs> I, I would, because what happens when you put behavior first, when you show up, even if you're a little bit, well, I mean, okay, I'm not saying people should go do things they hate. I'm not saying to put yourselves in uncomfortable situations that are, you know, humiliating or degrading. No, of course don't do that. But if you're not a hundred percent comfortable, but you're pretty sure you want to do it, you know, you've had a good time before you're pretty sure you'll be glad you did it. Yes, go ahead and you know kick yourself in the butt and go do the thing. Because when you lead with behavior, what happens is you set up two feedback loops. One is internal. You see yourself doing it. And so you start to believe you can. And then there's another feedback that's external in that people see you doing it. And then they try start to treat you like somebody who can do it. And so it's win-win either way. And yes, so just exactly what you said, give yourself a little kick in the butt if you're pretty sure you would like to do this, this is in line with your goals and values, but you're not quite comfortable, give it a shot and your confidence will catch up. I love it. Last question for you. Um, you, you know, you talked a bit about how, you know, anxiety kind of stems from, you know, that fear of the unknown and, and not being sure. Are, are there any things that we can do, strategies we can use, steps we can take to reduce the unknowns a little bit um, so that it doesn't feel totally like I have no idea what's going to happen. Are there anything, is there anything that we can do in terms of maybe scripting some things or preparing certain things or going certain places as you talk about pacing ourselves and, and gradually kind of moving into these spheres again? Yeah, that's a great question because I think the answer changes based on like how anxious one is or if you're kind of starting out. And so, okay, so for example, if you're somebody who like has always hated parties, but like really wants to go. Um, I think it's okay to try to think of like a couple of stock stories that you can tell beforehand. Fine. If that's the difference between getting you to go and not go ahead and do that. Absolutely. Okay. However, if you're kind of moving along the continuum here and you want to like get some extra brownie points or, you know, you're, you're feeling more advanced, then I would say drop the preparation. Because what happens is that the preparation then steals the credit for your feared outcome not happening. And so like if you're, let's say somebody with social anxiety is going to go to a party and they're worried that they're going to sound stupid. So they think of like, okay, well, I can talk about this topic and this topic and this topic. And so that's, those are the topics they talk about. And then at the end of the night, they're like, for you, nobody thought I was stupid. I, thank goodness I prepared when really they were probably safe all along, but the fact that they prepared got the credit when really they should be getting the credit. So as one moves along in this you know, social anxiety journey, try to drop those what's called safety behaviors, the things that we think are keeping us safe and to 
instead, you know, try to really focus on the conversation, really you know, turn your attention outward, focus on what's happening around you and try to respond spontaneously, like as you feel, you know, naturally moved to respond. And then you get the credit rather than the preparation. Oh, so good. So good. Well, I appreciate you so much for, for coming on and sharing your insights and helping us kind of maybe challenge some misconceptions and to really feel prepared and equipped to go and do this and also to kind of normalize it a little bit. So, you know, we're all kind of sitting isolated at home. So to hear you share with us um, the behind the scenes and to say, I'm hearing what's going on out there in the trenches, you're not alone, is just very comforting. So, you know, how can women keep up with you? I know that you have, I saw that you have a course available because I'm sure there are some women listening who are like, okay, I'm going to need a step-by-step <laughs> guide here. So how can we follow along with what you do and, 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 further get more resources? Sure. So um, my home on the web is ellenhendrickson.com. That's probably the best place. You can find, like you said, that video course there uh, for social anxiety. I have a book out called How to Be Yourself, Quiet Your Inner Critic and Rise Above Social Anxiety that was published three years ago, but is still going well, going strong, because I think this is, you know, the, the moment has found, <laughs> has found us. Um, it's timely. And uh, you can also find me on Instagram and Psychology Today. All right, ladies, if you found this interview helpful, but you're still longing for more, then I hope you follow along with us on Instagram at friendforward, or even better, if you want to join our brand new six-week program titled Friendship Elevated, which is a six-week program to teach you how to master adult friendships. It includes video and personal coaching for two months. Then join us on betterfemalefriendships.com slash membership. And remember that I am here rooting for you always on your ongoing journey toward better female friendships.